0: what's up wrestling fans welcome to episode number 582 of the smart Moments moment smack talk podcast hot tags of the week we're going to break down everything that happened in the world of pro wrestling that we feel like talking about over the past few days i'm your host as always tony mango joining in as always robert de hey and callum wiggins hello so we are on the road to the royal rumble tomorrow night is happening get ready for your royal rumble post show and all the coverage of all the statistics in the world (laughs) can't wait to start crunching all those numbers that'll be fun right um we have some updates for that we've got some tv talk to go rundown we've got some just completely random things you know usual menagerie of content here on the hot tag so As we go along here and we tell you what we think about all these topics, we want to know what you have to say. So drop your thoughts in the comments below or send a tweet at Moment, or post something on Facebook or whatever it might be. Just get your opinions out there. If you are on YouTube, then start clicking on all those good buttons that you can. The like button, the thanks button, the join button, the subscribe button, that little notification bell that gives you the email alert of when we go live for the post show. If you are curious about what the join button tiers are, you can check them out over By clicking on it, you can just go ahead and do it. But you can also go to Patreon if you are not the biggest fan of the YouTube side of things or you listen to us on, like, Spotify or something. Patreon.com slash Moment. A couple different ways for you to help support us there. Also, some merchandise on Redbubble and TeePublic. And anything, of course, that you do to help us keep the lights on, it's greatly, greatly appreciated, especially because this is quarter one and most of the whole... Advertisement thing sort of sucks this time of the year, so keep that in mind. Also, uh, you know, just listening to this and going through the whole rigmarole of liking things and leaving comments and stuff helps out quite a bit too. So the fact that you're here is already helping. Thumbs up, you're a good person. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into some of these topics here. Let's talk about some of the changes to the Royal Rumble that have happened so far. Not too many. Since we've done the one pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> well, we've got confirmation that Dominic is in the Royal Rumble now. And he is the only 100% confirmed edition since we had last done our predictions. Where I think the one before that was Emma. But we do have some other things that are kind of in the rumor mill. And some things that you know, we can kind of go like, all right, now this might be more of a thing. This might not be there's a little bit more speculation on the potential that Matt Riddle might not make it to the Royal Rumble. There is more that Natalia might, because previously it was like, well, she's got a broken nose. We don't really know. I did some digging on the expected time for somebody like Aaliyah to come back. And she's apparently like hundred percent cleared. They just didn't have anything for her to do. So I think that she stands a good chance there have been people like xpoc saying look i'm not gonna be in it don't be anticipating anything like that uh, a few other people like jeff cobb had said hey i'd I'd like to do it if i had the opportunity but i don't think that there's anything necessarily too stand outish when it comes to that um maybe there's even some other ones that i didn't catch up on but is there any other things you guys had seen? Well, drop
1: like, basically said... The drop one
0: is definitely one, yeah.
1: And we should talk about dewdrop too, but uh, drop basically said, Hey, I'm in the area and I'm going to be backstage and who knows?
0: And she clarified that she's been missing essentially from what we had thought could be potentially the case, which is uh, COVID led to potential heart issues. That they wanted to double check, and and they
1: gave her every heart, every test for her heart that they possibly could, and she's everything's okay, which is great to hear. Mm -hmm. But that is why she was missing.
0: So kind of a Keith Lee scenario, and good news for that. That's great. Um, so now I'm I'm expecting her to be a part of it for sure, and some of the other people I don't know. I mean, I'm still going through my list a little bit. Had you guys um filled out your your final forms of your wearable Predictions contest yet?
1: No, but I'll, I'll do it before. So, you guys already know my final four if you listen to the Predictions podcast, because I told you.
0: And Callum, yeah. I know you, you filled it out before, but did you do any like editing?
2: No. And I can't be all day. <laughs>
0: what if i ask you no you can keep it exactly the way that you want
2: um yeah i'll just leave it the way that it is because realistically it's just a crapshoot anyway
0: yeah i mean for the most part it is i started to work on a list last night and i got to like maybe like five or six people or so that i was like all right i'm gonna put that person there i'm gonna put that person there and then i was just like oh shit i can't really figure out any situation for anybody else like uh I'll spoil. For instance, um, Kofi Kingston for me is in my um, like direct middle for the most part because I was crunching the numbers and I was like, all right, he came out at number four, number eight, number seventeen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was like, all right, so he should be somewhere around these like three numbers if that's his average placement. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll feel confident about putting him here, and I'll feel confident about person uh, this person at number thirty and this person here. And then the rest of it's just filling in names because this is going to be the first Triple H one too. So who knows if he has a different philosophy. He might be like, look, I like my Royal Rumbles to be heavy at the beginning and then have a bunch of the jobber types co- uh, towards the end. He might be very much like nobody big comes out until number 20. We have no idea, which would be one of the most fun things for me, actually, to just like see the difference between that. Unless Vince, of course, is just like, Dating things, but that's, well, another, back at Titan. that's another story too. He is back at Titan towers and another report had said, but he's basically just working on the sale. So I don't know. I mean, I am still suspicious that every few days there seems to be another step forward toward him. Just taking control back. It's kind of like he requests that he's part of the board in a different way okay, well, he is part of the board in a different way. Okay, well, then this person loses their job, and then this person comes in and fills in, and then he's at the this thing, and then he's at this meeting, and then he's whatever. It's kind of seems like it's just like this, you take a couple steps every couple days sort of thing. But there was another thing about NBC Universal talking about, hey, yeah, of course, we're interested in buying this. And they are currently the betting favorite on different websites that are out there. So if you are somebody who's they, going to they, be. They
1: didn't, they didn't say that they were outright interested. They just sort of, they were asked directly about WWE and they skated around it by saying Comcast is always open to bolt on mm-hmm. acquisitions. And if it makes sense for our business, we will consider anything.
0: Yeah, that's true. No, they can't go like, yeah, we've put it in offer. <laughs> they can't really say that too much. But you got to assume that they're interested. And um, thankfully, there's not as much to talk about on that front. It's not like we've gotten another report about like Saudi Arabia's doing this or, you know, Apple's doing that or anything. I haven't seen anything else on that front. It's been mostly just Vince's back at Titan Towers. So, yeah the Royal Rumble coming up could change a lot of things. And for all we know tomorrow, we might have a big story to break when it comes to that. I don't know.
1: The only big story we better be breaking tomorrow is who won the Royal Rumble. Like I don't want day of nonsense. I mean,
0: I'm hoping for like some fun returns and some, you know, interesting twists and stuff, but yeah, I don't want any kind of like, and then during the pay-per-view they say, And by the way, WrestleMania is going to be presented by, (laughs) you know, um, Endeavor or something. But as far as people popping up in the Royal Rumble and all, another person to talk about is Nikita Lyons. She is not going to be at the Royal Rumble. And we know that because she was part of an injury angle on NXT that turned out to be only done because she's actually injured so it's not a storyline thing and even if it was a storyline thing it wouldn't make any sense for them to do an injury angle and then for her to pop up at the Royal Rumble anyway because it was just defeat to purpose but she got attacked in that parking lot which (laughs) that parking lot's the most dangerous area in all of WWE's universe isn't it
1: yeah I wouldn't want to be in the NXT parking lot at all
0: yeah you you get attacked like every couple weeks there But She got attacked by who knows because they just wrote it off as she didn't see them because, I mean, realistically they don't know when she's going to be back, so they don't know who they're going to pair her up with, whatever. But she has a torn ACL and a meniscus injury. So she's going to be out for quite a while, which uh, that sucks. That's her, what, second or third injury?
1: Oh, I didn't know she'd been injured before this.
0: Oh, yeah, she definitely was. I I forget exactly what.
1: She had she had about a month off
2: before, with a um, sprained MCL, I think. Wow, oh. Dude, so that's awful. Second kind of leg injury that she suffered. Then it's not a good sign, but you know these things happen. Yeah. But like she has, she's a pretty um, like sizable frame, mm.
0: and she so does a like, lot of kick type stuff.
2: Yeah, so it's probably far more likely that she would be susceptible to this kind of injury so hopefully it's just a case of managing you better moving forward like knowing that she has a level of limitations maybe not use the splits as your finishing move that might help yeah
0: or Um, like a different workout routine or something like strengthen those muscles in particular i don't know anything about that fucking yeah yeah yeah.
2: Yeah, we're not in a place to really talk about that but but it, it, it does kind of raise a few question marks about her longevity but Again, hopefully she's able to recover from this in the near future, and doesn't sustain any more injuries like this for a period of time because it's really stunted her momentum ever since debuting. Really, because like this was the former injury was the primary reason why she didn't win the breakout tournament when everyone thought that she was going to win the breakout tournament,
1: and yeah. now she's
2: been and now she's been ruled out and kind of ruled out of any potential blow off feud with Zoe Stark that could have elevated her up further on up the card moving forward. But uh yeah, so she'll need to come back and build herself back up again. It kind of raised suspicions about whether I think that it's not it's no longer a nailed uncertainty that she ever becomes NXT women's champion, I think, now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm still working under the assumption that Zoe Stark is one of the main threats to Roxanne Perez. And Nikita Lyons could always be the person that beat Zoe Stark or something, but yeah, Tiffany Stratton's in there too, and I mean, nothing stops Nikita Lyons from being uh, the one that beats Tiffany Stratton either. But maybe, maybe they're going to have a little bit more pause now, at least. So that's an injury report. Wardlow has been out, and it's come out now that. The reason why is not because he's so upset about his hair being cut. <laughs> it's because that he's been out with an injury. And is there any time frame when when he's expected to be returned? There's not even
1: uh, there's not even a clarification on the injury.
0: Yeah, I didn't see anything about that, but I you were the one that uh, had filled me yeah, in yeah. that there was a even Melcher was said out.
1: he's hurt and it's not bad. Like he'll be back. He'll be back soon, and it's you know. It's an injury. They didn't say what it is. They didn't say why. Maybe he lost his power cuz he got his haircut. I don't know. You know who <laughs> really knows?
0: Paul the <Little> Samson. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, that's uh that sucks, but at the same time, it gives him an opportunity to recharge his batteries a little bit and I haven't felt like I've been I don't know, missing a, a major thing with like a giant void that Wardlow would have felt, you know? I like Wardlow. I think he's got a lot of great things that he's going to do in the future and all. And there's been a lot of AEW, the programming that I felt has been just like, all right, I could skip past this and you know, this isn't really thrilling me at all, but I don't think that it's been just like, and Wardlow coming back would fix everything, you know? So maybe it'd be good mm-hmm. for him.
1: Yeah. I think he needs it. I think he needs the reset because the past couple of months haven't been, you know, Setting the world on fire with Wardlow. Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, yeah, it's not It's not the... It's
2: uh, not the worst time for him to be out with an injury. Of course, there's never a great time to do it, but... Yeah, it's it's been fine with uh, Derby and Samoa Joe being the forefront of the TNT title picture in the meantime. I was actually quite surprised hearing this, because my assumption... We'll obviously talk about when we review Dynamite, but with the announcement that there's going to be another match between Darby Allen and Samoa Joe in a no DQ match next week, I just assumed that that was when War going to return, beat beat up Samoa Joe, cost him the match against Darby, and that's your revolution build.
0: That could be the case, too. I mean, he's been gone yeah, for a few weeks. Yeah.
2: yeah, he could be back next week. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. That might even be the reason why anything was even kind of popping up under Meltzer's, like, chatter, you know? Could have been somebody being like, "Hey, Wardlow's coming back." He's been injured, by the way. I don't know, but of course, we'll talk about dynamite. We'll talk about the Jay Briscoe tribute and all. Let's go talk about some other random topics that we got here. One of them being, WWE realized that uh, it might not be the best idea for them to call Seamus and Drew McIntyre the Banger Bros, <laughs> so they're not going to be going by that nickname anymore. And um, that's a shame because. You know, the amount of jokes that could have been made about that didn't just have like, I said before, like they arrive uh, at at WrestleMania in a van, (laughs) like (laughs) they recruit somebody to the team and just (laughs) pick them up on the side of the road kind of thing. Um, What other names do you think that they could go by if they want to still give them like a team name?
1: I have no idea. I, I thought banger bros was ridiculous. I honest to God thought they were in on the joke. According to Meltzer, they found out about bang bros and they were like, oh, I guess we can't do that. <laughs> but I thought they were in on the joke. I wish I'm hoping that they still are and that it's a false alarm of the report because it's at least funny. Cause honestly, if they're going to continue as a team, I don't know what to call them. Cause I'm not really wild about these two being a team so close to Mania when I think that there's ways they can be involved as singles.
0: Should they just make the collective of the uh, the, brawling, the brutes. brawling brutes, Andrew McIntyre, call them the hub?
1: Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, after, her. Uh, you know, that, that might work.
0: <laughs> Your new tag team champions, the reality Kings. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> Quite a long sword he has at McIntyre.
0: <laughs> I'm going to Google like top sites and see what those names are in the minute. <laughs> Callum, what do you think that they should be calling this team?
2: Well, Sheamus uses the bro kick and Drew McIntyre uses the Claymore kick. So they should be team kick.
1: Hmm. Where's the Kirk High fit in there?
0: She'd be on the well, that they, they pick him, up on the side <laughs>
2: Uh, it's boring but like the Celtic connection works for that kind of phrasing or something like the Celtic colossals or something like that
0: I'm disappointed that this this list that I found there aren't any like really good names they're all like pretty standard boo
2: (laughs) I mean they they should be a tag team moving up to Wrestlemania because they're, they're, realistically, there's not enough time to build a meaningful singles feud for either of them heading into WrestleMania, unless you decide to hey, let's throw them together again and have another shameless vs. Dream McIntyre match.
1: Well, okay. one of them's fighting Gunther, I think. If not both of them, they might just throw all three of them in the ring and go have fun. Triple threat. Yeah, could be.
0: Oh, yeah, potential. Well, oh, then there's uh. <laughs> There's some plenty of jokes we can make when it comes to a triple threat with the boys.
1: Bros.
2: <laughs> I think depending on what happens in the um, the Rumble match, they could be the people actually in line for the tag title match instead.
1: Well, they might just win the tournament tonight. I, I'm assuming they're winning the tournament tonight.
2: Well, the
0: current setup for the tournament has them against... Uh...
1: Hit Row. They're going to fucking yeah. run right through them and then face what the... Uh, Legato, probably.
0: It's um Imperium and Legato, right? Oh, double So check. Imperium, yeah. So Imperium would be the one, so would win that match more so likely. So I mean, McIntyre and Sheamus against Imperium down the line. We did just see the Judgment Day go up against the usos so they're not opposed to doing heel versus heel. So maybe the Imperium must be
2: fight. These are pretty much baby fights at the moment because they're siding with Sami Zayn over Roman. Or at least not not over Roman, but they're backing Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn is beloved, so they're kind of baby faces at the moment.
0: We could be in line for another one of those years where it's like, all right, it's the Usos against Imperium, against McIntyre and Sheamus against <laughs> for the tag titles. You know, how they just throw I, I mean, they four teams together.
1: Year. Honestly, Randy was in the tag title match last year, so anything's possible.
0: At the very least, I'm counting out Hit Row. I highly doubt that they're fighting for the tag titles at Mania.
1: Wow, that's a bold statement, Tony. Hey?
0: You know, I'm the, I'm known for my bold predictions, right? <laughs> Ken Velasquez is going to win. Um, yeah, so... I mean, maybe they end up coming up with another tag team name, but I think that they're more than likely just going to stick to, like, all right, it's Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I don't think they're going to actually name them anything.
1: Yeah, and maybe... Like, uh... Or was it the, the submission sorority got changed to just yeah. like alright Charlotte and Becky shut the, shut the fuck up go I hated the
0: whole team PCB thing it was so, you couldn't have thought of anything better and clearly there was somebody on the writing team that liked that because I remember the new day talking about the different team names that were suggested for them and it was like uh like team BKX was like one of them or something where it's just like you're just you're putting the names together that's nothing Is that the best you can come up with? You're a writer? And you could just be like, I don't know, how about the team of Guy and Guy? (laughs) Another random topic to talk about here before we get into some of the TV stuff is to talk about a different TV-related thing. Young Rock. Apparently, The Godfather is a little bit mad about his portrayal on the show. And (laughs) I don't know if this would be the first thing that people would think of would be the reason why. So... If you haven't read the story yet, um, why do you think Godfather is mad?
1: He's not smoking enough weed (laughs) on the show.
2: What about you, Callum? What's your guess? Uh, He's been cast white.
0: (laughs) 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 That would be a much more interesting scenario. But he is mad because he says, I'm six foot seven. And they cast somebody who's six foot one.
1: Yes. (laughs) This is the hail to die on. Damn it. Yep. (laughs) He,
0: He apparently said on the Attitude Era podcast. Fuck Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That motherfucker should never had CeeLo fucking Green portray me. I'm six foot seven, okay, and they portrayed me as somebody who's six foot one. So fuck the Rock. Fuck a motherfucker. Fuck that bastard. That motherfucker fucking three inches shorter than me and had me five inches shorter than me. Fuck the Rock. <laughs> what? He's <laughs> I-
2: like six inches, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: i think that's pretty funny that it's just kind of like hey, i am fucking taller than you motherfucker why are you doing that fuck you fuck 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 fuck." That's hysterical. <laughs> that is hysterical. funny though because when i looked at the casting for that i haven't caught up fully to every episode of this season of young rock yet but when they first started showing nation of domination on there my initial reaction was all right i don't think that the guy playing godfather really looks like him but i didn't think about the height I just was like, yeah, it doesn't really seem like he looks too much like him. Like, the guy playing Ron Simmons is halfway decent. The guy playing D'Lo pretty much looks the part. And there are a lot of really good casting on the show. Even, like, Becky Lynch's Cindy Lauper Lauper was pretty pretty good. And then some other people here and there are like, I don't really like the guy that's playing Triple H. He doesn't really seem like he's Triple H. But then the guy playing Austin's, like, perfect. So...
1: The guy playing Austin's an actual wrestler.
0: I mean, like, he's got the look down. He's got the voice down. Like, hes they did a really good job with that casting. And they do a good job with a lot of the other older guys, too. Like, I mean, the guy playing Rocky Johnson, like, he seems like he was, like, born for that part.
1: It looks so much like Rocky Johnson that The Rock said, you know, I never got to go on walks with my dad. Let's go on a walk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then you get some other people here and there that, like, uh, I don't think that their Undertaker is particularly great. And I guess there's a guy on there that I haven't seen quite yet, because I haven't gotten to that episode, but that they're basically talking about Shawn Michaels without having Shawn Michaels be a part of the show. And that his yeah. name's like Chad something or whatever. So that's like a different story where they're just changing the character entirely, but <laughs> I find it funny that like Godfather's just kind of like so upset about the height situation it's like you're retired it doesn't matter you're not losing anything out of this you know nobody's gonna be like you know the way that I remember Godfather was six inches shorter than the rock and nothing else
1: (laughs) I think it's interesting that you know you mentioned the guy playing Triple H the guy playing Taker I'd say the guy playing Foley as well it's hard to get those parts right because who really looks like the Undertaker Besides Brian Lee, of course. Um who who really looks like these people and can play these parts accurately? I think with Austin it's a bit easier because at the end of the day, lots of people have shaved head and can probably do a decent stone cold impression, especially if you're a wrestler and a wrestling fan who you grew up watching. But like it's hard to cast a Triple H and get that era of you know douchebag that Triple H was in 98, 99, because who is really in the wrestling industry and can act that way?
0: You don't have to be in the industry and be a good actor. I mean, they've gotten plenty of people who are just sort of a guy with muscles.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying to accurately portray the role, I think it helps if you have a little bit of knowledge and a bit of a connection.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, the guy playing Austin is somebody who's a wrestler, so he gets it. Pretty sure that some of the Samoan actors might be, too. I'm not positive about that, but... uh, Still, it's interesting to see these things, and uh, it's still a pretty decent show, so I recommend it. But let's bounce over to an AEW story here. AEW and Luchasaurus are being sued for what is essentially breaking down to uh Composite Effects made the luchasaurus mask and they've made some tweaks over time and it basically like okay we're making this mask for you to be this character but now that they're being yeah, in a situation where they're selling merchandise based off of it well, that wasn't part of the agreement so I understand full well I think that this makes sense that Composite Effects would be like hey look now you're making money directly based off of selling our stuff it's not quite the same
1: yeah it seems like they also reached out to try to get a new mask made that aew would have the rights to but they just didn't like it and it just seems like this has been you know boiling under the surface for a while and we'll see how it plays out i mean luchasaurus hasn't been on tv since all out right was not allowed a uh, full year where he lost the cage match. So maybe that's why this stu- this this uh, legal complaint was filed on December 20th, I believe. So maybe that's why he's currently not on TV. I think it's uh it's unfortunate, but I completely side with composite based on everything I've read so far, because they have, you know, a valid complaint.
0: Yeah, this is a different scenario than, in my mind at least, than the Randy Orton tattoos. Just I kind of look at that and go like, all right, well, come on. <laughs> but if you look at like the, I think it's the Viper silicone mask is what it's called. Viper, yep. the reptile silicone mask. It's the same thing. It's just that they added horns. And that's not that much of a difference in my mind. Where do you stand on this issue, Calum? you think it's one of those, like, uh, yeah, clearly they're in the right, or do you think there's more nuance to it? or?
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't really have any thoughts, because I just don't care. That's, I, I know that's kind of my gimmick on these things, to just say, like, oh, yeah, I don't care. But, like, it's just, a, it's just a legal battle where you guys have pretty much explained that, yeah, it seems that AEW are probably in the wrong on this issue, and they need to probably correct it and have their own... Separate mask made for Luchasaurus and hopefully they will have one so we can get back on TV. But, or just yeah. reach
1: a licensing agreement. I mean, it seems like that's all they're looking for. Mm-hmm. To be honest, yeah. To be honest, when I just heard that we were going to talk about
2: this story, I just thought oh, slow, slow, slow news week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have a slow news <laughs> week than some of the crazy ones we've had,
1: though. <laughs> oh no, I, uh, that's no. how I felt when writing the story at eleven thirty last night. <laughs> like, okay, I this I is I a slam dunk kind of, I, I, I kind of we, case.
2: I kind of hope that we can sometimes get, like, a happy medium. Yeah. Where it's like, you know... Good news, but fun. Good news,
1: but insanely busy week, yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, Well, good news, at least one big story, and then just a few small ones. Whereas this week, it just feels like, this big stories. the rumble, I guess. That's it, really. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: hopefully we've got good news to talk about tomorrow night. But, yeah, I mean, if I look at these comparisons, and then the one thing said that he had... The, when he reached out to a different designer that basically he said do that which is like you can't really you can't do that you can't just be like copy their thing and then that'll be okay yeah so. it seems
1: bizarre in the sense that again based on everything I'm reading there's two sides to every story but from what I've read really seems like they're in the wrong doesn't it
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if that's a situation though where they let's put it this way. I don't know if they know that they're wrong or if they thought that that still qualified for enough changes, you know, kind of like how I know that, that I've mentioned it recently that like, it's stupid that I can't monetize that air force one review. That's on fanboys anonymous for just having one picture as like a third of the screen. I know that that's bullshit that they say that that's like copyright infringement because people use video clips for like way longer stuff and they use audio clips and whatever. And then that's constituted fair use. But for this, they might've thought that they changed enough with the color of it and with the, um, horns that it could be like, well, this is a brand new idea just in the same way that a lot of other things are. I mean, cause there's, uh, there's a lot of weird things when it comes to these copyright things. I've looked into that a lot over time. And it's like, there's a thing recently I even came across which was trying to argue that one of the reasons why Lucasfilm and now Disney doesn't release the original trilogy of Star Wars anymore is because it's a different copyright that's been filed as opposed to the um, special editions that changing a few scenes makes it a different copyright of a movie, which I never thought of it that way. But I'm like, you know, I, I can kind of see where that can come into it. It's like, this is a different print. This is a different whatever, blah, blah, blah. So maybe they thought that that was okay. And maybe it's just kind of finally reached a point where they're like, hey, fuck you. What, you're making money off of this and we want to make money. But it wouldn't shock me at all if that means that in the next few weeks or months or whatever it might be, Maybe we get Luchasaurus with a brand new mask or maybe he ditches the mask, funny enough.
1: I think I pitched that around the time of uh, Full Gear that, yeah, why not? Lose the mask.
0: If you got to pick between the two, different mask or losing the mask, what would you rather have with that, Callum?
2: A new mask. I think Luchasaurus needs to be a character that remains masked, at least for the time moving forward, because Frankly, Preston Vance lost his mask and it's not done anything good for him.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see that argument. What's his new name now? Uh, Preston it's, Vance?
0: No, it's uh, <laughs> Preston
1: Vance. He's uh, Pedro Peligroso. Yeah. Which, it's funny, because make the white guy say things that he can't <laughs> properly pronounce, I guess. I don't know. Like <laughs> to, to be to be fair, like
2: for people like me that do actually watch like Dark and Dark Elevation, the story that they're telling of, essentially every week they're fighting a different bunch of mask jobbers and they're just beating them and removing their masks. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I like that.
1: Bold Dark prediction. And Dark Elevation do have decent items on the shows. It's just, you know, sometimes you have to pick and choose what you watch.
0: <laughs> uh I don't think I'm ever gonna really necessarily pick and choose to watch uh Dark and Dark Elevation. I actually forgot to put up the Dark Elevation spoilers ahead of time now that i'm just thinking about that i'm gonna have to do that after we get done recording this um speaking of the idea of the luchador concept ray mysterio has a show on netflix it's a comedy drama called against the ropes and it's not like the ray mysterio show but ray mysterio is popping up on it it's apparently a show about a woman who becomes like a luchador and um i have not seen this yet i'm considering maybe doing some little bit of a like a you know fan ounce table or something but it's completely just been lost in the shuffle for me because this is a busy week and also you know but um i'm curious if it's anything decent because i don't think it looks good
2: <laughs> well it's a completely spanish show so it's so the the native language is spanish for it so it would make sense the mysterio would be part of it the funniest thing that I saw about it, because I saw a trailer for it, and you know how Netflix, if they do have a, a either Spanish or a show that's non-native speaking, they'll have an audio version, which is English. So you can basically make the audio English as well as put subtitles on. And so the funniest thing I saw is that seemingly by the trailer, the guy who was doing Rey Mysterio's part in the English dub is not Rey Mysterio. Some other guy.
1: Shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> he got ADR'd by somebody else.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm almost certain that was the case because just I just saw the trailer for like they couldn't get Mysterio to do his own his own Hold voice on. for it.
1: <laughs> well now I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna you guys cast
0: <laughs> against the ropes uh cast. Let's see if we can find this out. Maybe I was
1: just maybe,
2: maybe hearing it, but it definitely it definitely sounded a lot deeper than Mysterio's voice.
0: Uh, just, let's see. Against the ropes. His, uh, his
2: part in the trailer is quite like light towards like towards the back end of it. We
1: yeah. never did watch uh, the other WWE one where Keith Lee was a part of it and stuff.
0: I haven't watched any WWE related thing like that for a while. Yeah. Uh, okay. IMDb doesn't have
2: like any information up for it. Hmm. I just saw it on my like, Twitter or something at some point.
0: There are so many projects called against the ropes or on the ropes. I know 2018, 2021, 20, uh, 2004. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I you know, can't imagine that this is going to be some fantastic show or something. It seems like it's a little bit on that soap opera side of things, even more so than pro wrestling already is, but it didn't grip me. I'll check it out if I get a chance. Maybe it's something fun. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a watch along or something though. But if you have seen it and you have any opinions about it, let us know. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. And um, I think that that's everything that we've got outside of going back and talk about the TV stuff. Maybe I'm forgetting something. I don't know if we are. again, Drop a comment and then we'll talk about that in the comments but let's go back to that raw 30th anniversary episode and talk about the things that we didn't talk about heading into Royal rubble, because we did touch upon some of that already. Like the um, yeah, Brock Lesnar returning and attacking Bobby Lashley. We already talked about the Usos retaining over the judgment day. And um, we talked to a little bit about, you know, some of the setup for different things here and there. We didn't say what we thought the undertaker might've said to Bray Wyatt. I assume that it's something like, "Hey, it's your yard now" or something, just a generic kind of "you're the lord of darkness" type uh, motivational thing. How about you,
2: uh, enjoy it while it lasts.
0: <laughs> Don't get a tattoo on your neck.
2: Yeah. Um. I heard, I heard Vince is back. It's been good. it's been real,
1: buddy. <laughs> It seems as though it was something, like you said, like, oh, it's your yard now. I don't think he said that exactly because he gave that little spiel to Roman. But I like what I saw uh, Righteous Reg from Grapp City Post, which basically said, don't worry, 10 years into my career, I was having uh, mid-matches as well. Go work with someone that's like a Kurt Angle. It'll help you out greatly because... <laughs> We've talked about me and Callum how listen Undertaker's best years were really in that two thousand seven two thousand eight range in terms of match quality and I just think that that's funny.
2: I mean, White had that guy. He was he was called Daniel Bryan,
1: uh,
2: <laughs> and it worked out for him.
1: the only like
2: like two of the own like the five best matches of his entire career were the Royal Rumble twenty fourteen against Daniel Bryan and the Royal Rumble. What was it? 2019? 2020. 2020. 2020 against Daniel Ryan. So, now he's gone. He's going to have to find someone else to be that guy. And to be fair, WWE doesn't have any shortage of good wrestlers that can go bell to bell and carry a guy like Wyatt who's more character-driven. I don't think LA Knight is one of those people.
1: Uh, I, nah, I he's more character-based. Say, yeah. I want to say Seth can do it, but I, I saw what happened <laughs> the last time yeah. he fought Seth. <laughs>
0: Maybe uh, he was just saying, Husky Harris.
1: (laughs) You know, but for real though, The Undertaker coming out to The American Badass by Kid Rock, which, you know, got a huge pop. The thing that gets to me is, God, he looks so like, he just, there's no more mystique. Like, it's all just gone. And that's what I felt like. Because You know, you could still put on the trench coat and the hat. The gong hit, and I was very excited to see it. And then he came out on the bike, and I was just like, oh, you just look like a guy. You know, like, it's finally caught up to him where he's just a guy, and I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm at the point where I'd rather just not see him on these shows.
0: I mean, I've said before, Biker Taker was the like one of the main reasons why I stopped watching wrestling <laughs> because I had just been kind of, uh, not paying a whole lot of attention to it. And then eventually somebody in my class was like, Oh, did you see that? Uh, the undertaker is just a biker now. And I was just like, fuck this. So I've never been a fan of American badass undertaker, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm glad that he popped up at the very least. Cause we didn't get a lot of other people doing anything all that great. I was a little bit surprised about that. I, I to a certain extent. I mean, I didn't expect that it was going to be the greatest show ever, but yeah, I was hoping that maybe we would get some, some other appearances here and there that we didn't necessarily get. And we of course didn't get the Bella twins, which is another story to talk about for this week, which is a lot of people were like mad at them about it. And then they went and talked about why they weren't on the show. They had previously booked other things. WWE didn't have anything for them, so on and so forth. Um, That led to another whole discussion about the, WWE women deserve better, because that cage match between Becky Lynch and Bayley was such a downer of a segment.
1: What cage match? They didn't do a fucking cage match. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They did entrances, and then they beat Becky Lynch up in a cage.
0: Yeah. To the point that they shouldn't have even had the cage.
1: Well, they
2: were supposed to have the match, and then they... Then Your the tribal the, chief the, went the, a bit the, long. The, the tribal court segment went too long. And they decided, well, planes got to go get cut on this show. So let's go with the thing that we've been advertising for the last week or so.
1: That's it's... the part that I don't like. Because mm-hmm.
2: we really need to fit in that Bianca Belair, Sonia Deville match. Exactly. Or well, Anne- yeah, Anne- even Anne-
0: Seth Rollins and Street Profits Against Imperium.
2: Yeah, like- and the entire fucking DX reunion with Kurt Angle that took place before that, which went on for a stupid long time. Because at the end, like, Triple H will always talk about the fact that he is an advocate of women's wrestling, but not if it means that he can't do a few crotch chops in the ring. <laughs> just, yeah, I think that uh, the fucking poker stuff, yeah, that's, all that shit.
1: That's what I had said on Twitter. Like There were so cut. many
2: there were so many better things that you could, well, so many other things that you could have cut from this show. Because realistically, the only things you advertised were the Tribal Chief segment. There's going to be a few legends on the show. The Steel Cage match and the United States title match. Everything else in the show was expendable.
1: Like just cut the poker segments. That's what I had said on Twitter. Because men, woman, it doesn't like it doesn't matter in this case. Objectively, you don't cut a cage match from a show when there's other things that can easily be used to trim the fat and fundamentally, it was like it was a good thing that you did
2: have the Bianca versus Sonya match because that would have made it if they didn't have even that match on the show it would have been what how many hours probably about 8 hours of uh WWE TV with one 3 minute women's match in any in, in any of it for the past like week or so it was like raw smack raw and raw last week only had a 3 minute women's match between was it Mia Yim and Io Sky and then smackdown had no women's match and then Raw only had the Bianca Villa, Sonia DeVille. But realistically, that's that's harmful as well, because at least by reports or speculation, there's going to be Sonia DeVille versus Charlotte Flair at uh, Royal Rumble for the SmackDown Women's title, a match we already saw two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And also, do, do you guys know um, the last uh, singles match that Sonia DeVille won was?
0: <laughs> it's got to be a long time a ago. A year
1: ago
2: against Naomi. No.
0: I'm going to say 2018.
2: Oh, it's a bit bit later than that. It's uh, April 2020 was her last singles match with Victory. Oh, that's Uh, right,
1: because she did the stuff with Mandy and then had to go away for a while. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so admittedly, she hasn't, like, during that period, she was either away from the company or in an authority position. But realistically, she just doesn't win matches.
1: So... I want to talk about this this Becky Bailey thing, and I want to talk about the women's division in general because this is something that's actually been bothering me for several months now, and I don't agree with any of the takes that I'm seeing on the internet because I think that there are some people who are just like anything as opposed to making sure what you get has substance. And then I think there are people who just do the whole, wow, you know, cry about it, whatever. You you don't need to have the women on the show. I absolutely think it's fucking egregious that you didn't have this match on this show. And I know that the Bella Twins made this whole thing about, didn't show any clips from the Evolution era, which yes, the reason for that being, there was a lot of Sasha... On there, there's a lot of page on there, but like you can't just ignore what is a relatively recent time in your company's history, just because you're suddenly like, yeah, but we did that and we're moving on. I, I didn't see any of that. I don't know why there's only fucking seven women declared for this where match. That's uh, crazy. By the way, it's Friday. Way, <laughs> no, because let's let's fucking talk about how stupid this is. It makes your roster look like fucking idiots. If there was a lottery right now at your job, Callum, that said, Hey, you can win a million dollars. All you have to do is declare for this lottery. And you just don't do it. It makes the roster look dumb. And then if you're not going to have them declare, just say, Hey, Becky Lynch and Bailey and all of them are in the rumble. Right now, I just watched an interview with Mia Yim as we were doing this, where she says, Gosh, I hope I'm in it. What? <laughs> what are you do? What are we doing? I I don't know why we're at this point where WWE just again feels like let's push them aside. They can go back to being a novelty for a while. There, we had a really nice balance where women were, you know, just equal. Like Becky could headline a show, or it could be Seth, or it could be AJ. You know, we had an era for a minute there in like 2017, 2018, even into 2019, where the women could also just be a big part of it. And then it became, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it just to throw on the tagline of history. And I guess we got to do these Royal Rumble matches every year now because we said we would. It, it's the state of women's wrestling in WWE is you know, really reverting back to not so great territory really quickly. And I think that what we're going to see at this year's Royal Rumble is going to be a good sign of that because you're not really going to know who's in it and it's just going to be like, yeah, of course they're all in it. Shut up. But at least tell us, tell someone that, Their favorite wrestler might be in the match because otherwise you might have a little girl who's excited to go to the Royal Rumble and see Mia Yim. And then maybe you don't use her just because you, you know, didn't want to declare her because you're not sure about what you're doing somehow, even though it's like your biggest show of the year. I don't I don't get it. I don't get why we have to keep going through this. And then, by the way, the hashtag WWE women deserve better. Not as effective as Give Divas a Chance. It doesn't roll off the tongue to me. But, um, of course, they deserve better. But I also think that the crowd that's doing that is probably the same crowd that's just like, yeah, well, the women should just get an Illumination Chamber match because they should. And it's like, instead of just wanting to see representation for representation's sake, I want to see good storytelling again. I want to get back to a place where it's like, Hell yeah, there's women's tag team champions going to be crowned in an Elimination Chamber match. That's fucking awesome. Hell yeah, we're doing this great story with Charlotte Flair and, you know, whomever she fights at Mania. I want to get to a point where we see these things and it's just normal. I want to know why the discussion right now is, well, if if Becky and Ronda can't fight for the belts, you know, that's fine. We just don't do the match that's insane to me because you don't say, well, if Randy can't fight for the world title, I guess he'll just skip mania. You know, like why is there not at least equality in that way in the bare minimum way of like, yeah, of course you can do meaningful women's matches at WrestleMania that aren't linked to a title. I I don't get why this has to be a discussion right now after you just got finished, you know, re. Fixing your image on women's wrestling. I've talked long
0: enough. (laughs) (laughs) He's been holding that in for a while.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Tony knows. I just, I just voice message Tony this shit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I could have played one of the voice messages and it was almost the same thing.
1: (laughs) And uh, by the way, like I said on the Roman podcast, that was before they skipped the steel cage match on (laughs) Monday night.
0: I think that they're in a situation right now where I don't think anything of this and before anybody says it, wait until I finish uh, before you start judging what I'm going to say in the comments. I don't think any of this is malicious with intent. I think that they are so like wrapped around a lot of other things that are happening right now that they just like lost sight of a lot with the women's division but that's not an excuse for it. That's why I said to wait. <laughs> because they should be at least on par with the idea of like, all right, well, look, it's it's the Friday, the day before the Royal Rumble, and we have seven people announced for it. There's not anything super big going on with like Baron Corbin or Ricochet or some of the other people that have been announced for the men's Royal Rumble yet you've managed to find the time to do a contenders match or a qualifying match or to have somebody cut a promo about how like a is going to be in the Royal Rumble. If you dedicated the time to that and you've got 16 men currently announced for that, you could have found the time to at least do five to maybe 10 more of the women, because we're not in a scenario where you don't know if Becky's going to be able to, pop up or you aren't sure if Mechin is available or you know even like the dewdrop thing like maybe you don't want to announce dewdrop ahead of time because maybe you want her to be a little bit of a surprise because she's been gone for a while okay but what about dakota kai and eoskai and, and bailey like you they're there every week so i don't think there's an excuse to ignore that but it wouldn't shock me at all if it's that not that they purposely did. It's just that they lost track of it, which goes to show you you're not paying enough attention as it is. And then not, that's the issue.
1: Not when you have people legit saying, well, I brought my mother and my sister here. I hope I'm, I'm in the Royal Rumble. Like That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Just at this point, I can't believe we're in a state where what they did last year. Was better where they're just like
0: There's 19 Here's
1: women. all these women They might not be with the company anymore Here's all these <laughs> women That are in this world Rumble match And
0: maybe uh, This is like giving them a little bit Too much credit Maybe what they're trying to do here Is somebody said Look we should take one match And we should announce at least half of the field And we should take another match And we should leave it all up in the air And then gauge the reaction online and just see if people are more interested in one or the other just one of those like try it see get your um like your field test notes in there and use everybody as a guinea pig and then next year we'll have a better idea of what we want to do for the royal rumble maybe that's their philosophy but it's not coming across well so You factor that in, you factor in the cage match being one of the biggest matches that they were announced for this, and then they just kind of sweep it under the rug because whatever, and like we've said, that wasn't the last match on the card. You knew you had the DX thing following that, you had the Sonya Deville thing, you trim a couple minutes off of each of these segments that follow, and you could have had the match. That might not have been anything particularly great it could have just ended up being like all right bailey loses to becky lynch in a generic seven minute match and that's the end of it but you could have had at least avoided the uh the criticism of not doing the match so i think it was a mistake i think that their idea of doing the beatdown segment so that they could do it again later and just like well we'll get around to it we'll get around to it Is kind of shitty because I really don't want to see next week for them to be like. And we've decided that there's going to be a rematch because it didn't happen last week, and we're actually going to get the cage match on the Monday Night Raw after the Royal Rumble. I don't care about that.
1: My thing is, I would even do it at the Rumble if the Rumble didn't desperately need Becky Lynch and Bailey. You know, I I would find a way to do it in another fashion. Except now you're at the Royal Rumble. What can you do?
0: This is what you do. You start off with Becky Lynch and Bailey as number one and number two. And you put the cage down. <laughs> and then 90 seconds later, somebody else comes out and you put the cage
1: up. <laughs> well, that's essentially the match we got on Monday. We don't want
0: to that <laughs> <Yeah. place. laughs> That's the joke. But um, yeah, a lot of criticism uh, when it comes to that. And I think it's justifiably so. I did enjoy some of the other things on the card, though. I you know, I liked the backstage uh, poker thing I thought that was pretty fun you got the million dollar man trying to bet the uh, million dollar championship and then when, <laughs> when he loses the whole thing and then it's like IRS pops up and just says pay your taxes and takes all the money except for 100 bucks like yeah I thought that was fun it wasn't the best show by any means it had a really good first hour which was great and then some other parts here and there but then some other parts were not as great I thought that the Kurt Angle thing was pretty fun
1: with DX. It was. It's just not something that I think, you know, we necessary. need to see again for a while. Could we've seen a bit of DX now on these recent shows? And I thought they did really well with this segment in the sense of it wasn't like five years ago with the revival where they just beat them up. Like they all they all just kind of said, "Well, we're not fighting Gunther because we're we're too." old for this, so that's better than saying, yeah, let's beat up Marcel Bartel, but when you think about what they could have saved, I think it would have been better if they just trimmed some of these legend segments.
0: Any other thoughts you got on the Raw special, Um,
2: I thought that outside of the the first hour with the Bloodline stuff, it was pretty much Skippable. It did, a, it did a great number, but all these these uh, special shows tep- typically do. So good for them for a one-off thing. Hope that it was uh Hope they managed to recoup some of that audience for next week. But I scarcely doubt they will. Um, but they the can part, if you know.
1: have a good Royal Rumble.
2: <laughs> Would, well, hardly anybody that watches the weekly show will, will actually watch the Royal Rumble live anyway. So that's that's part of it. Uh, yeah, there wasn't, um, it wasn't that amazing that I could really tell from it. And the criticism towards the women's stuff is highly valid. I think it's just fundamentally a thing that we probably didn't discuss in as much detail as we probably could have done in the, uh, Royal Rumble prediction is the fact that I just think that the women's match is not getting any real shine or appreciation or look towards it or building up the rosters because they don't have a really good winner
1: yeah they don't know what they have planned mm-hmm.
2: no i think they know who I, gonna, well, think, they, they know yes. who they're gonna win it's just nobody special it's rear ripley yeah. properly so it's just like someone who's just been on tv every single week who isn't a quote-unquote star name which so, i mean
0: before anybody jumps down our throats all three of us really like Rhea ripley oh yeah i'm and not but saying
2: i'm not saying that but it, it's it doesn't feel it's not
0: like the rock compelling. coming back and winning yeah well,
2: I don't even care about like the rock. It doesn't feel like either Cody or Sami Zayn going into these rumbles or anything mm. like that. It doesn't feel there's not been any, even though Rhea's been you know getting involved in men's matches and has been definitely like a standout part of the Judgment Day, it's not like she's doing anything particularly memorable or been in any memorable feuds since then. The, the most memorable thing she did was in recent months was Kane, uh, well, not Kane, but like Smash uh Beth Phoenix's head with a steel chair. And that's not been followed up on at all. Which so, might be
0: at Royal Rumble and stuff, but it's not something that can lead into it because you need that like surprise. And yeah. it's yeah and it's just, it's the the normal kind of like, oh well we've got Rhea Ripley, we could put her in that, and then we can you could do a great match with Bel Air, you could do a great match with Flair. But even the Flair scenario wasn't supposed to be what was what happened. We got more Information about that, where it was like, okay, well, we wanted to do Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez at the Royal Rumble, or Charlotte to beat Ronda at the Royal Rumble, and then they just kind of went, "Ah, eh, let's just do it and get it out of the way," and then kind of waste some time for a couple weeks or so. Like they're not in a position right now where they seem to be really focused on the women's division. And you know we got Bian- uh, Bianca Belair against Alexa Bliss. It's not like they're completely ignoring it, but it's just not a priority. And it's it's showing.
1: Yeah, and to your point about The Rock, just because let's not... We can talk about the men for Rumble in, in this case too. If you got to bring The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin back, we have a problem. We have a major problem if you're still thinking... This is what you need to do. Like, let someone who has the capability of being a full-time face of the company like Cena did back in the day. Let someone win the Royal Rumble, win the title on both sides, men and women. And let's see what we can do with some full-time representatives of the company. Not just, I love Sammy. I would book Sammy as a world champion. I don't want to see them do it just because I know it'll just be a moment and then it'll go back to Roman and they'll just repeat the cycle and they'll say, see, viewership drop because Sammy's not a real star. Go with someone you think is a real star then because I'm tired of, hey, you think we can get 52-year-old Austin back? Like, I I love Austin. Would love to see him wrestle all the time, but not in your main event.
0: Well, you know, I've said this a million times before. I always keep saying – and echoing this viewpoint and banging on this drum of, I want to see these people in these guest spots, not in the championship match. Like I, I vehemently hate that Brock Lesnar and Goldberg had to win the title and switch that over and do all that and fuck over the Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens feud. Cause it's I mean, like, I
1: think that I think that storyline gave us AEW so we can forgive.
0: Uh, you know? Nah, no, <laughs> I still don't. Worst timeline like you could have still had owens and jericho in the title match and you still could have had your goldberg and lesnar thing you didn't need to have it for the belt and for a company that frequently says well they didn't need the belt we could just do something else with them and then for other people go yeah but we're gonna give them the belt anyway like if they can get austin to come back and do something that could be fun but you don't need to have him fight Roman Reigns. You can have him fight a lot of other people. And then you got Roman Reigns in the title match and stone cold. See what? You got two things. This is cool. Instead of just putting all your eggs in one basket. And I mean, that's another whole thing. Maybe we'll get into that tomorrow, but if we end up getting a different result for the Royal Rumble, but you know, I mean, I think that they are feeling a little bit bland on the women's division right now. And I think you're, not wrong if you're a fan who is feeling frustrated with that because it should be better for sure. But that was the raw 30th anniversary and, uh, NXT was the next episode of television that we watched a couple different things popping up on there. They did a little thing, which I thought was pretty fun of I'm blanking on the name of the person, but somebody from the performance center, one of the women's division stars, but it wasn't anybody that was like, okay, that's very clearly like I don't know, the core jade or somebody. Um, doing like a little bit of like a TikTok live or a Twitter live or whatever it might have been. And in the background there's like a fight that takes place, and that was a good little means just to get people talking and to be like, Oh, a fight broke out at the performance center, what's going on? And then it's Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker that are fighting. That was pretty neat.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that WWE and NXT use TikTok a lot. I don't. So I keep missing these things, but I guess it's a cool way to use social media. I
0: don't follow WWE on TikTok. I follow just like food accounts. Yes. Like Theo Von, uh comedy things and and people making sandwiches. That's pretty much my TikTok. <laughs> But that was, a, you know, just an extra little thing. They did some other stuff throughout this night that, yeah, you know, some of it we don't need to bother to break down, some of it that we should. Uh, Tiffany Stratton beat Indy Hartwell. Diamond Mine was training with Drew Gulak. And they had, uh, you know, some little uh, issues with some different things back there. Um, we got the Fia Hale Award Ceremony to celebrate she to how she... She won her first match on NXT, which JD McDonough interrupted, and that led to a match with Andre Chase, which eventually led to a, a scenario where Duke Hudson has a shot with Andre Chase to potentially be in the now Fatal 4-Way tag team title match at Vengeance Day, because the New Day said that they're going to do an Invitational, and the teams that are in the running for that are Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. You got Idris Sanofe and Malik Blade, and you got the Dyad. So I am assuming that dyad gets in there. What
1: about you guys? Yep. Yep. Dyad. Callum doesn't care. <laughs> no, he thinks dyad too, because he's he said that he thinks it's a big year for them.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I've been I was just uh, watching uh, the Edges Bitch music video by Joe Henry. Joe Hendry? Oh that's great, <laughs>
1: great stuff. Yeah. I
2: was so watching what, a show that I actually enjoy.
0: What is it? The Edges <laughs> Bitch music video?
2: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so building up ahead. towards a match between um, uh, Joe Hendry and Matt Cardona for the uh, for the uh, Impact Digital Media Championship. And uh, in the build-up towards it, Joe Hendry's put together a music video, because that's what Joe Hendry does, and he's really great at it. And uh, it's basically a whole video about how Matt Card- Cardona would rather play with his action figures than fuck Chelsea Green. <laughs> And, uh, and, it, and it all builds up towards the fact that says like, oh, now you're the king of the indies and now you're rich, but to me, you'll always be Edge's bitch. And it's just mm. loads of pictures of him with the edge heads, like hair, and him and Curt Hawkins. Or Brian Myers, they are in Impact. Just playing around, it's it's just so funny. He's so good. <laughs> i have to check yeah, that NXT, out. NXT. NXT happened. Don't really care. <laughs>
0: uh, Fallon Henley and Keanu James won their match over Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley, and... That has led to them getting a tag team title shot now.
1: Yep. Um as, easy I, as it gets. Well, I, I like it. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was that Fallon was like, uh, I gotta think about this, Brooks. Can't believe you did this to me. And then like 20 minutes later, she comes out side by side with Keanu like, who can say no to a title match? Well, That's what Brooks was getting at. What the fuck? It took right. so long there? It's a title
0: match. It's not like he just <laughs> booked you for the a brawl backstage that you don't get anything out of it. You can win a belt. Do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. So I don't think that they are winning those titles, but we'll get I, to that. I absolutely
1: uh, do, because why the fuck not?
0: Well, I think it's gonna be Alba Fire and Isla Dawn.
1: <laughs> they could be Keanu James and Fountain Huntley.
0: I mean maybe they do a little temp title scene. But we got some other stuff going on with the other teams and all. Creed Brothers beat Drew Gulak and Hank Walker. Why uh,
1: didn't Hank Walker have gear?
0: <laughs> I don't know. They still are doing that whole just you wrestle in your clothes thing.
1: This yeah, Cut whiz is.
0: thing is fun. Uh, Apollo Crews and Carmelo Hayes are going to do a two out of three falls match. I thought that uh, that's going to be a good match. We get to Ball see ben that.
1: goes to the barbershop. Yep. <laughs> that's
0: my favorite thing <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny Tony D'Angelo and Stax just had a little like hey remember the thing we said last week that was pretty pointless Electra Lopez beats Wendy Chu, and Valentina Ferois is just like oh I don't know if I want to turn heel yet which I thought was pretty dumb uh, Stevie Turner just reminded everybody that she's debuting next week again one of those like pointless segments where I really hate when there's a lot of segments throughout a night that basically say remember the thing we said before well that because then you waste you know forty minutes of an episode. And you need to have Gallus playing some poker or not playing some poker, playing some pool, and just being like, "So we're fighting for the tag titles, right?" Yup. <laughs> uh, we got the Nike Alliance thing we talked about already, like that. And throughout the night, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane kept talking some trash about each other, teasing the idea that uh, you know, they're finally breaking down as a team. Even though it was pretty obvious that they were just going to double team Roxanne Once
1: It was was too Mm heavy-handed, but it was still fun.
0: And then, of course, that's what happened. And It's just, uh, we got you, it's whatever. So we all know how this is going to play out. It's going to be, they're totally on the same page until somebody goes to get a pinfall in the triple threat match, and then they actually start breaking down, and they start fighting each other. And then probably after Roxanne retains, then they end up being, ah, you know, we hashed all our problems out. We're actually not having any issues whatsoever.
1: And then they'll have real issues because they said they hashed it out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> The total opposite, right? So, I mean, that was NXT on dynamite. We had Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara beat Ricky Starks in and action and ready. Darby Allen retained the TNT title over Buddy Matthews. And as mentioned before, Samoa Joe is going to have another shot at winning that back in a new DQ match. So, Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe, number two. You number got it. Oh, that's number three?
2: Yeah, they had a match for the TNT Championship beforehand that Samoa Joe won the title against uh, hmm. Darby Allen.
0: Uh, I edited that out of my brain.
2: Uh, I've got um, Allen retaining. But they are doing a nice story of the fact that, basically, at the moment, he's taken on so many challenges. And they recently had the... He went to the show in Japan for the uh, Great Muta's final show, waiting with Sting and Muta against uh, uh three guys whose names like, escape me. I know one of them was Hakushi and one of them was Marafuji. But I can't remember who the other one was. And... Um, yeah, so he's basically worn wearing himself out, and now Joe's decided to pick the opportunity to come and destroy him in a no DQ match. But yeah, I think this would probably be where Wardlow makes his return and helps Darby retain the title, and you can build towards Joe and Wardlow at, uh, at Revolution or Supercard.
1: I wanna know. We, well, you could that. make it for the you make it for the ROH. Unless I, I because.
2: Like, they won't just put, um, I don't imagine they would just put Wardlow on Ring of Honor or more confined to Ring of Honor moving forward.
1: That'd be a good way to keep them away from MJF, but I wouldn't, I think he's better off than AEW. What do you got between Allen and Joe, Rob? Oh, Allen, because he's the best TNT champion they've had since Cody. So uh, keep the belt on him.
0: I'm not the biggest fan of R.B. Allen as TNT champion right now, but I think he is going to retain
1: it. He's doing more with the belt than that. The belt, like, suffered through Purgatory in 2022. With the Dan Lambert stuff and all the Sammy Guevara stuff.
0: I'm, I just, I'm excited to see him. I think that there's just some more interesting options that they could have gone with. There's some other people that I just... Overall, I'd be like, yeah, I'd rather see that person have the title reign instead. But, um jungle hook beat matt hardy and ethan page it's a fun tag team we got that family therapy <laughs> segment
1: that was not good
0: it wasn't it was
1: so like blah i wanted mm-hmm. a full-blown therapy segment maybe some uncle bart and i they kind of just did like a five minute backstage
0: yeah it was pretty much like the the bare minimum of what they needed to do which all was just to set up, hey, Gun Club wants a title shot. Okay, we've seen that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, go ahead, Cal.
2: I think there's a possibility that, that they were supposed to do multiple segments or supposed to do longer for that, but then the show kind of got reshuffled because of the main event that was that's right. agreed to at the last minute. So so yeah, it probably was a bit underwhelming, but I think in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's fine.
0: How do you feel about Danielson against Cage, Brian against Brian?
1: <laughs> Danielson's on the run of his uh, career. This is, wasn't the best match he's had. That'll probably take place next week. But I, I'm enjoying watching him go, and I enjoyed watching Brian Cage actually work. Like this guy came into AEW like with a, oh, he can be one of our main event players. Last night he actually showed how that might happen.
2: Yeah, it was one of those matches where you're never ever going to have a bad match with Brian Danielson. And frankly, that's probably you, nine times out of ten, you're going to have the best match of the show with Brian Danielson. Uh, but as per usual, uh, Brian Cage underwhelmed in a in a big match position. And it wasn't like a terrible, but it was a good match. It was a very good match, but it's the one that you're probably going to forget the most about out of these last few that Danielson's had. It certainly wasn't as good as a match against Takeshita or against... Bandido, or against... Uh, oh, who was the first one against?
1: It, it wasn't the first one, Takeshita? And then Bandido, and then... No,
2: I, I, tw- oh, I remember the uh, match they had with uh, Tony Nese where he, he was in Seattle, where he just, like... It was a squash match, but it was, like, a really fun squash match, whereas this was kind of... Yeah, it's just there. It, it's just more of the uh, adding to the feel to the fire of Like, yeah, they should probably just release Cage when his contract is up.
1: I always go back to... Danielson did an interview when he had just won the IC title in 2015, he did a talk as Jericho. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not really interested in you know the main event scene, but I want to wrestle Heath Slater. And I want to show why Heath Slater is employed. And to me, that's the energy he brings to like everything he's done since the pandemic. From like working with Gulak and WWE to beyond, it just all seems to be like, let me work with you. Let me elevate you. And I appreciate that.
0: I do think Cage will end up being out of AEW once that contract's done. Which is, I think, pretty soon, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Maybe, uh, maybe we're talking about adding him into our fantasy league for next year or something. I don't know.
1: If they want him.
2: I think I mean, they would. Like, he won't be going on my team, I'll tell you that much.
0: Uh, Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Uh, pass.
2: It was fine. It was a bit short. Yeah, it was, It was again, another an okay match. It wasn't a, one of the uh, litany of great Tony Storm matches that she's had since joining AEW, but it continues the story. Because they had Britt Baker come out and cause a distraction, which allowed Ruby to win, but Ruby didn't seem to be too happy about that distraction. I think it's that that victory is slow building Ruby to eventually align herself with Storm and Soraya. She'll get she's she'd be like kinda of happy that she got the win, but annoyed about the fact that Britt Baker's the one that cost her and Britt Baker and Jane Hayter are the baby faces in this feud, so eventually she'll snap and turn on them. It's unfortunate that um apparently Willa Nightingale is injured at the moment as well.
0: Uh,
1: that's true. Uh. Yeah, but I think it's. I don't yeah, think it's she just suffered injury. an injury.
2: Yeah, um, I think it's major, so I don't think he will be out for too long. But uh, yeah, that kind of uh, dilutes it a little bit because the fact that Willow Nightingale was the one that was attacked last
1: week. Um, Baker was supposedly hurt too, right? Because it's supposed to be a three way dance.
2: Yeah, it was supposed to be. A, yeah, it was supposed to be a three way match, and uh, Brit Baker was. Apparently, again, her injury is apparently only slight and won't be out for too long, but they decided that they wouldn't take the the risk of her wrestling on this show. Just give her a bit of time off before yeah, I she back it. in the ring. It's
1: not like she needed to be
2: in that No, Yeah, it's a smart decision. Like If you can find a way around it, then do that instead. Well, they also announced that um, there's going to be a, again, for Rampage tonight, there's a uh, championship eliminator that they like to do every now and again between uh, Jamie Hayter and Emi Sakura. And I've been crying out for Emi Sakura to be on TV. And so I'm very much looking forward to
1: that match. Um, yeah, I, I think AEW is in a better place with its women than they you know, have been in previous years. But I'm hoping that this continues to build to more things than just the first blood and guts. Because yes, that's a really cool thing and I want to see it. But I want to see the fall through... Before and after as well.
0: Well, rounding us out on the TV talk and the hot tags in general, the main event of Dynamite was Jay Lethal against Mark Briscoe in a tribute match to Jay Briscoe that they were finally able to do. And this, of course, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to it. Not only were they allowed to do the Jay Briscoe tribute in general, but that immediately became Mark Briscoe's able to wrestle on. AW television. So, whether they softened their approach to the Briscoes because of Jay's passing, or they have like new leadership in that just stepped in and said whatever you know, whatever it is, Mark Briscoe was able to show up at least here, and you can kind of assume if he popped up here that he probably is going to be allowed to pop up in general going forward. Maybe it was just an issue with Jay. And Mark was guilty by proxy. Maybe Mark was technically able to show up at any time and just didn't out of solidarity. It's been a lot of speculation back and forth, but at least there was this match, which, um, yeah, uh, good segment, good uh, means to do a little bit of a tribute. They had the people pop up on the stage to show their support that way. Overall, I mean, you, you can't not give it a thumbs up, right?
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely not! This was a great segment. I mean, the match itself was what it needed to be, which was Mark playing all of his hits. The crowd was super behind him. Like, it is quite amazing that like this crowd, this shows how like smart or like well versed in wrestling around the world that a lot of the AW audience Fact that like this guy who. Really, I would appeared in Ring of Honor shows for them, but had only been in three Ring of Honor shows that AEW had promoted, and never ever appeared on Dynamite. And they just kind of knew all his spots, knew the uh, the uh, redneck kung fu that he does. Just all, just they got really heavily behind him, and rightly so. Jay Lethal coming out crying like Mark. And again, I don't want to take this away, but Mark showed obviously a great deal of resilience, but he looked like he was more together and mm-hmm. focused than Jay Jay was. Jay was broken up from the start and but again, you people express their emotions in different ways and Mark channeled that into his performance and showed he's showing a lot of strength and I think he needs to for the, the sake of the entire family. Like it's such a, a devastating loss for like Jay and obviously he's got a wife and three daughters that Mark will need to be strong for as well. So I think that, yeah, the fact that he had this performance and got to get this moment and you had the locker room come out at the end of it and celebrate with everyone and like give them the tribute they deserved for that performance. I mean, it was a, the match itself was every time that Leaf was on offense, it was just like dead quiet. And then when Mark started doing stuff, it was gr- like the crowd was just like super, super behind it and they did like the, the, Frog's brass elbow drop through the table on the outside just to add a bit more to it. So they just went all out. And yeah, it's, um, it's never, you never want to see these sort of tributes because it means that someone's passed away. But if it does happen, then you want it to be like this. And it was very well executed. And a good credit to AEW, Tony Khan, and Warner Bros. Discovery for eventually seeing the light and putting this together.
1: Yeah, beautiful match. I really enjoyed Rickabani on commentary, just reaffirming the whole idea of hey, reach out to someone, tell them you love them because life is too short. I think they even, you know, towards the back end of it, as Briscoe was walking up the ramp, said, you know, if you got issues with family, man, like squash it because life is too short. I really just enjoyed that overall view of it. This family the, the Briscoe family they are very strong people because I, I think like, you know the updates that jay's wife has given has been like yeah and the girls have been you know working on their therapy and they've been able to play with each other a little bit and i think they even had a because it was jay briscoe's birthday on wednesday the nurses had a cake made uh, that said something like Reach for the sky with an ROH championship. And it's just like, God, this family is handling it probably better than, you know, fans that are broken up by it. But it's amazing strength and beautiful to see. And I think it's a damn shame that this had to happen to allow, you know, mention of Briscoe's on AEW programming, but also glad that we could at least get to this point where... They didn't block a tribute for a second week, and you know, just good on everybody.
0: So that's uh, that's the hot tags for this well, week. I
1: wanna, I wanna just real quick read something because Triple H did an interview with Variety that they just released.
0: Oh, okay, the so interview. Breaking the interview was
1: re- <laughs> the interview was recorded on January fourth. So, think hmm. about this.
0: They waited 23 days for that?
1: Yeah, I guess because they probably had it in the can ready to go for Rumble. Hmm. And, you know, um, Triple H was asked how McMahon is biding his time, and he said, fuck if I know. I didn't know what he was up to every day when he was here. I'll be honest, I don't know what he's doing, but I think he's keeping himself busy. That's... <sighs> <laughs> That's one day ahead. But he also uh that he hopes to have more information on NXT Europe this summer and does that the plan for NXT Europe is a little bit more like they're doing here with the NIL stuff and finding athletes and things in that direction.
0: Oh so completely pointless then. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, you know. Oh well, there we have didn't been, talk about that either. There was another NIL class. And- yeah,
0: there have been forty six people Signed to the NIL recruitment program so far, and if my numbers are correct, three of them have actually done something in the performance center and become like an NXT star. Who's a uh, Tank Ledger is one of them. Tank Ledger, and uh, I just did this uh, thing last night. Isaac, uh, what's his name? Isaac, hey uh, Obafemi is his name, in um, NXT now.
1: Isn't Jackson one of them and isn't uh, Stratton one of them as well?
0: No, nah, I don't think so. Did Stratton
1: come in before the actual start of the NIL program.
0: Yeah. Um Kale Dixon.
1: Yeah, he's debuting tonight on
0: is uh is the other one. It's those three are the only ones that I that I think are a part of that program that have actually done that. Instead you've got every name from on the women's side, Abby Jacobs down to Tiana Omazic. And then you've got AJ Ferrari all the way down to Zachary Knight and Ward are just names that have been around for since twenty December 2021, I think is when it was. And it really just makes me question, like, what are you, do- what are you doing? Like,
1: well, I hope they're, they're not paying them. They're training them from scratch is what they're doing.
0: But they don't seem like they're even popping up on the Performance Center. It seems like only a few of them are actually signing to become Performance Center recruits and then become NXT stars.
1: Well, I think that's the deal with NIL. It's like, hey, you know, your real plan doesn't work out. We're here as your fallback and we'll gladly take your scraps. You know, like, I think that's the whole deal. But I think it could prove to be fruitful. Maybe, you know, try to... That's my trying to look on the bright side of things, even though the world is crashing Yeah, <laughs> um, I hope
0: that they're not paying them in the meantime for doing absolutely nothing. Because that doesn't seem like that's a good use of funds for a company that was like, we have to cut budgets on everything possible, you know? But I don't know. We'll see. In any fashion, tell us what your thoughts are for any of these topics in the comment section below. And keep in mind that this is the last time you are going to be he- hearing from us this week. Cause we've got the Royal Rumble post show coming up tomorrow night, immediately following the event. And we'll have the post on the mega maniacs Facebook group for everybody to chat. We'll have the post on smartcatmoma.com for everybody to chat on there. I'll be doing stuff on EWN. I'll be writing up even more stuff on Bleacher Report because I just copy and paste a lot of the same opinions and rewrite them in a different way for a lot of different sites and all so plenty royal rumble stuff coming and that'll also be as part of the predictions contest that will shut off as soon as the kickoff begins so go ahead and vote on all those different things for that poll while you can tonight we'll probably have some updates as far as smackdown is concerned i'm hoping that they announce some more people for the royal rumble itself and they actually say like hey, I'm con- declaring myself for this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. I think we're going to get Charlotte Flair versus Sonya Deville confirmed tonight, and any updates along those lines will be up on smartoutmoment.com, and we'll address everything tomorrow night. Meantime, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Moment. Make sure you are checking the website and seeing all those updates that are going on. Go to anthonymango.com and follow all those different accounts that I've got up on there, including fanboysanonymous.com, which, as I keep saying, I just keep throwing more and more ideas out there on my list of things to do <laughs> that I want to do this year, and uh, pretty soon I'll be knocking out some of them. I downloaded the Nintendo Online Expansion Pack thing, paid for that, which I was like, oof, it's a lot of money. Are uh, you
1: paid for something?
0: yeah (laughs) well you know i can't get it a different way so uh i have goldeneye now on my nintendo switch and if you want to you know i haven't played it yet because i haven't had an opportunity but if you want to add me on there go ahead and add me i already put my switch stuff out there before if you have no idea what i'm talking about then ask and i'll tell you again i don't know what the fucking number is there's a three in there somewhere (laughs) but uh (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'll do something based off of that for fanboys. I haven't, you know, I don't have any kind of like a capture card or anything, but I'll try to figure something out. Maybe we'll I'll even just write up an article about comparing it or something. In any fashion, I'm gonna be fucking around with that quite a bit. And other things on fanboys, so you know, follow that whole setup, go to that YouTube channel, follow that website, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Follow me at Tony Mango, tweet at me, keep me company when I'm bored and probably what these guys are up to as well.
1: Yes, when I'm not keeping Tony company while he's bored, I am on Fightful.com and WrestleZone.com. Follow all my articles there, including a really good one that I just wrote up a couple of hours ago about Sami Zayn basically saying he doesn't think people will revolt if he doesn't win the Royal Rumble, but he also knows that with the way the story has gone, he absolutely could believably beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Um, so check me out there. Check me out on all the socials at Dude Felice. And, yeah, I'm going to pass you over to Kellen Wiggins.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Uh, The Power Rankings will be up on Saturday prior to the Royal Rumble, so it won't take any of the Royal Rumble stuff into account, but that will definitely affect next week's Power Rankings. So make sure you're checking up now to see the status pre-Rumble and then next week to see how things have shifted post-Rumble. Spoilers, the people that win the Royal Rumbles will probably be high up on the rankings. (laughs) No! Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll just forget about it. But uh, (laughs) there's a whole week in between that time. But, yeah, just follow that along in the power rankings. You can also check out the Fantasy League, and that'll be especially affected by what happens in the Royal Rumble because there's some extra points be- to be picked up. I think uh, 10 whole points to be picked up for the winners of the Rumble matches, so that could help steer things one way or the other.
0: Who has Rhea Ripley?
2: Oh, uh, Admin. Uh, <laughs> I have to I have to look quickly.
0: Because I don't think any of us has Cody Rhodes because he didn't pop up until Mania, so we couldn't
2: uh, Yeah, we do him. have Cody Rhodes. Yeah, Craddy Rose here. At, we, he put out Mania, and we didn't draft it until a couple of weeks after Mania. So he was definitely part of the... Ah, uh, oh, I thought we... After it. Um,
0: no, it ends
2: at Mania, Tony. Yeah, ends at Mania.
0: Oh, yeah, that's been dumb. Yep.
2: <laughs> that's fine. We're used to it. Yeah. Uh, so let me just check. Fantasy League. I think um, I'm pretty sure that Tony has Cody. If I'm aware of that. Son of a bitch.
0: That's <laughs> uh... all <laughs> It's been giving me a lot of points. No, not recently, no, so
2: <laughs> has it helped out. So oh, actually no. Uh I have Cody. Okay. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I have Cody, so yeah, he hasn't been getting many points for me. I also have Rare Ripley. So Son of a point. bitch! Uh,
0: <laughs> boo, all right, so the rock's gonna win. And... <laughs>
2: and just checking as well. Uh who has Sami Zayn? Tony has Sami Zayn.
1: Ooh. God damn it. <laughs>
2: So so they're probably the three front runners outside of like a rock or something returning. So, so that'll be fun. I could be picking up some extra points, which is good, because I really need to bolster my lead. Uh but you can follow all of that at uh www.fantasyleague.com or by just going through the smart website and finding Fantasy League in the in the extras column. And yeah, that's it for me.
0: And that's it for all of us. So we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of the hot tags. And we want to thank you in advance for popping up on the post show tomorrow night. Cause you should be there. It's going to be one of the biggest events of the year. Who knows what's going to happen. So you definitely it's want to be event of
1: the year. I better deliver. I texted you this last night. to I better, It better be really good.
0: You know? Yeah. I mean, it's as stressful as it is to cover the Royal Rumble. It's always one of my more favorite things to to watch. So I'm excited for that. And I'm excited to talk about it tomorrow night and we will see you then. But until then, this has been another Smark Out Moment, and we're being counted out.